Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. What is biblical masculinity, and how does it differ from the portrait our cancel culture paints of men? In today's world of challenges and complexities, there are many things that try to undermine manhood. More than ever, there is a need for godly and courageous men and fathers. Doug shares how through Christ, we have been given an inheritance by our Heavenly Father so we can confidently steward what He has entrusted to us. Listen as Doug encourages us to take courage and change the world around us. After the episode, consider leaving a review and follow us on your favorite streaming service. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. Recently, as I was preparing to speak at a couple of different men's events, I was going over various scriptures, including Luke chapter 21. Now I know that Luke 21, starting in verse 25, is actually talking about the second coming. But also in context to the men's ministry that I would be sharing at, I thought there were some significant correlations here. In today's world of challenges and complexities, there are so many things that try to undermine true biblical manhood. It's sometimes difficult for men to be men and the men that they need to be, the fathers, the husbands, the examples, the heroes, the champions that God has called them to be. Yet more than ever, there is a need for godly and courageous men and fathers. Luke 21, verse 25 begins, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations, with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and expectation of those things which were coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Verse 27 goes on to say, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when those things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Let me emphasize where it says that fear and distress of nations with perplexity, men's hearts will fail them from fear. But in contrast, we see Psalm 107 verse 28 and 29, and it says, They cried out to the Lord in their distress. He delivered them from their troubles. He calmed the storm, and the waves grew silent. There is definitely contrasts here. The reality of where we are in society, in the world today, men's hearts failing them, the fear and distress of nations with perplexity, men's hearts are failing them from fear. Yet in contrast to that, The Lord is reminding us that we can call upon Him in our distress, and He will deliver us from all our troubles. He will calm the storm, and He will cause the waves to grow silent. In other words, the impact to be lessened. You see, it takes courage and godly men, biblical manhood today, if we're going to change the world around us. I've shared in the past that one of the names given to God is El Gabor. El Gabor is a name of God that means mighty God in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, for example. It also, in the Hebrew, has a meaning called God is our hero or is a hero. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9 6. 
The name is also given in context to men, meaning Gabor. So in other words, Gabors are men who serve the El Gabor, the god of the champion, for example. It can also mean hero, champion, mighty man of valor, strong, brave, valiant. So God is the god of champions, the god of heroes, the god of valor, the god that brings strength and bravery and valiancy and courage. Quoting Paul Cole, the president of the Christian Men's Network, he says, The fate of every society is determined by the character of its heroes and the strength of its warriors. Henry Varley once wrote to D.L. Moody, Moody, the world has yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated to him. I also love this other quote from D.L. Moody. There are no limitations to those who have been in the presence of the Lord. So what is biblical masculinity? How is it different from the portrait that our current culture paints of men? I remember this quote by the late Dr. Evan Lewis Cole and Ben Kinchlow. Being a male is a matter of birth, but being a man is a matter of choice. You see, Dr. Evan Lewis Cole also said, Maturity is not based on your age, but on your willingness to accept responsibility. You see, I believe that true godly manhood, biblical manhood, or champions of the El Gabor, God of the champions, are not hindered by obstacles that they may be confronted with, but determined to overcome them. You see, being a man for Jesus because he became a man for us is at the very core of biblical manhood. Back in the 1980s, I remember ministering to a homeless shelter, and I'd been talking to a man named James. He hadn't bathed for a couple of weeks. He'd been homeless. He was really going through a lot of things. In fact, he was very confrontational with me. In our conversation, I said, James, if you really want to get help and you have the courage enough as a man, I challenge you to call me tomorrow morning on Sunday and I'll pick you up and take you to church. I didn't feel like he was going to call me. That was just being very kind. But sure enough, the next morning, early in the morning, I get a phone call. It was James. He said to me, Doug, you said if I'd call you that you would pick me up and take me to church. Well, of course, I was committed to what I confess. I didn't feel like going. It was early in the morning. I'd been up all night. I was exhausted, and I sure didn't want to go, but I was committed to what I confess. So I went to pick him up, brought him back to the apartment that we were living in, gave him an opportunity to get showered and ready, and got him some clothes so we can go to church. And in a beautiful encounter, a wonderful encounter that morning in church, James gave his life to the Lord. When we finished and went to lunch, I said, James, would you like me to take you to a shelter? Where would you like to go? He said, no, take me to the streets because I need to tell some people what happened to me. He told me he would meet up with me that Sunday night because he knew I was actually a volunteer counselor for a large Christian event at the Coliseum in downtown Houston at the time. Early that evening, some counselors came up to me and said, Doug, there's a group of homeless people here looking for you. And we said, well, can we help you? And they said, no, we have to find Doug Stringer. In fact, James said, I've got to find Doug Stringer because I want to be a man for him because he became a man for me. When I began to hear those words and as I talked to James, it so resonated in me that he wanted to be a man to show himself that he was obligated to what he confessed, that he was going to meet with me that night, introduce me to some other people that needed the message of the gospel. And yet when he said those words, I want to be a man for Doug because he became a man for me, I truly got a revelation that I want to be a man for Jesus because Jesus became a man for me. While I was still yet in my sin, in the wally mongol of my life, in the murkiness of my life, Jesus, the exalted one, left his highest place to pursue me, to pursue you. 
So every day I want to be a man for Jesus because he became a man for me. And just like Ben Kinchlow and Dr. Evan Lewis Cole used to say, being a man is a matter of choice. Being a male is a matter of birth. I want to make the choice every day to be godly, to be Christ-like so that others can see what a true man, a true biblical masculine champion hero for God can be. Not in the ways that the world talks about manhood, but in the way in which God establishes his character, nature, and spirit in us so that we can be the men God's called us to be. To be the fathers, the husbands, the ambassadors, the heroes, the champions, the examples. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We don't want to follow the examples of the world, but we need to reflect Christ and let people follow Christ in us. Now, getting back to my preparation for speaking at the various men's events, I decided to go to the gym and get a double-up workout since I wasn't going to work out for a couple of days. So I decided to do a back and biceps routine. Also finish it up with quite a few sets, chest exercises. Usually when I do my chest sets, I finish off with 225 on the flat bench, which I can usually do without a spotter. But I decided to do a little bit more weights and rep out a little bit more. So I needed to get a spotter to help me. While I was getting ready, I got this anecdote. There are times in life that men, we all go through heavy lifting. That there are things that we're confronted with, obstacles and challenges that are very overwhelming. And we can sometimes do things alone, but there are times in life we cannot go it alone. We need a spotter. We need buddies. We need helpers. We need those to help us stay accountable. We need those who help to encourage us and motivate us. So the point being, I can rep out a few reps at 225, finishing off my chest exercises on the flat bench. But if I'm going to add more weight... I need to get a spotter, somebody to be a buddy, someone there to kind of guide me and watch me just in case. There are times in life every one of us are confronted with challenges. We feel like our backs are up against the wall. The wind gets knocked out of us. We find the pressure and the fears and the anxieties and the stress and, and the perplexity of life. We need those who can stand with us. Those who can help spot us, those who can help us be accountable, those who can help motivate and encourage us to be the godly men we're supposed to be. But most and foremost, we need to keep our eyes fixed, our gaze on the Lord Himself. We see in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we should fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus was a man's man. What a great example of what true manhood is. In fact, Christ-likeness and manhood are synonymous, is what Ben Kinchlow and Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole used to say. Christ-likeness and manhood are synonymous. If we're going to truly reflect Christ in a world that is so mixed up and so divisive and, and so confused with so much identity issues today, we as godly men and women need to reflect Christ in a way that the world can see that the living Christ in us is the hope, the hope for a world in desperate need right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6 says about the light and the glory of Christ, the gospel in and through us. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness and not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age have blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord, 
and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And verse 7 concludes, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I know that we live in challenging times. I know that the nations are perplexed and people's hearts are failing them. But I want to encourage you, Joel 3, 9 says, Wake up the mighty men. James chapter 1, verse 12, and I'll read out of the English Standard Version, says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial or difficulty, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. In Christ there is no limits, no fear, no shame, no excuses, and no looking back or turning back. As D.L. Moody said again, there are no limitations to those who've been in the presence of the Lord. As John Wesley was quoted saying, Give me 100 men who fear nothing but God and hate nothing but sin, and we can change the world. A.W. Tozer said, Self is the opaque veil that hides the face of God from us. Courageous manhood is to live for a cause greater than ourselves. Men who desire to be a man for Jesus because he became a man for us. By the grace of God, alongside many others, I want to be able to say, I am that man. There are times and moments when men need to man up and take opportunity and responsibility of the moment. In fact, I like what the late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole used to say, that maturity is not based on age, but on the willingness to accept responsibility. I believe we are living in one of those times. Fostering and focusing on our disappointments can lead to disillusionments that distract us from a greater destination and purpose that God has for each and every one of us. Remember, God's love never disappoints. The most priceless commodities are not found in earthly treasures, but in how we steward our time, friendships, and relationships. Our true legacy doesn't come from the sermons we preach or how many follow us on social media. It's not the size of our church or organizations or ministries or businesses. It's the lives we live before we enter the portals of eternity that will determine the influence we have and will leave for the next generation. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a man for Jesus because he became a man for me. I serve the El Gabor, the mighty one, the hero, the champion, and through him, the God of the champion, God of the hero, the God of the strong and the mighty men of valor and the valiant. He empowers us to be examples to others of Christ-likeness and manhood that is synonymous. One of the warnings for the coming of the Lord is, In Luke 21, verse 34, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, this is Jesus' words, Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. 
I want to be a man of God. I want to be a man for Jesus because he became a man for me. As my wrestling sensei used to say, Gambate yo, Doug San, Gambate yo. In other words, you've got this. You can do this. Go for it. In Christ Jesus, we got this. We can do this. We are part of a kingdom greater than ourselves. Our strength is not in ourselves, but it's the grace of God bestowed upon us. If we say yes to God, make ourselves available to God, He can do a work in and through us. It's the mercy seat of God and the throne of grace by which His rivers flow. It comes working in us and through us that we can make a difference in the world around us. Riddled through scripture is the encouragement of the Lord himself saying, be of good courage. In other words, stand courageous. And throughout scripture, we see the importance that we can't do this alone. We need one another. It's time to buddy up, to spot one another, to encourage one another, to motivate one another, to make each other accountable so we can be the godly men that God has called us to be, that we can be those who serve the El Gabor, the God of the champion, the God of the hero, the God of the brave, the God of the valiant one, the God who is bigger than all our circumstances, the God that's bigger than every giant, obstacle, circumstance, that through Him and by His grace, He can lead us in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake, that we can buddy up, we can stand courageous, we can link arm in arm in a world that desperately needs to see the living God in and through us. Be a man for Jesus because He became a man for you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.